Welcome back to It's Haunted, What Now? I'm your host, Lainey. You know, they say seeing is believing. But what if you saw it and heard it and lived it, but you still can't believe it? It's so hard to accept paranormal experiences as real. But when it happens to you, what else can you do but believe it as real? Sometimes it's so hard to believe what happened really did happen because it was so fantastical and unreal. Today's episode is loaded with stories that were so hard for the storyteller to believe themselves, but can't find it in themselves to refute it now. Spine-chilling and goosebump-raising, these stories will certainly have you believing. Okay, ready to get spooked? Our first story is from Two Cents Nuisance, whose brief encounter is enough to bring chills racing down your spine. I've debated posting this because of how unreal it sounds. Even in my mind, when I remember this instance, I doubt myself. However strange and fantastical this story will seem, I assure you, it is true. Summer 2006. I got a summer job at a hotel working split shifts. Soon after, I got my sister in and she took the night shift. It was nice working with her for half the day, but this left me by myself at the house at night. One particular sweltering night in June, I stayed up pretty late playing Sims. It must have been close to 2 a.m. and I decided I better get some sleep. It didn't take long and I was out like a light. I always sleep with the TV on and this night was no different. It was a hot night and I had two fans on me and it was still hot. It must have been 85 degrees Fahrenheit. After I fell asleep, I woke up because I felt extremely cold. My arms and legs were freezing. I opened my eyes, but I couldn't see anything. I waited for my eyes to adjust and they never did. I just stared straight up and I saw what looked like smoke swirling. Inside the smoke was an inky blackness. Not only could I not see anything but the swirling smoke, but I also noticed I couldn't hear anything. Remembering I had the TV on, I turned my head and saw it was still on. A sinking feeling struck me in that moment. Something was wrong. My feet were on the floor, my legs were spread apart, and my arms were crossed above my head. I turned my back and there it was again, the black and smoke, almost on top of me. It had a human shape, but absolutely no features, just smoke. I can't explain to you the amount of fear that pumped through me. I still don't know how I did it, but I pulled my legs up back onto the bed and scooted all the way back to the head of the bed. I curled into myself and I could still see the shape. It almost seemed hooded. The smoke swirled only in the face area. The rest of the form was blacker than black, darker than any shadow in the room. In my new position, I could see the light from the TV. This only made the shape even darker. I broke the silence when I said, Oh God, help me. As soon as I spoke, the shadow just faded or phased out. It's hard to explain. Phased is probably a better word, but was slow and sudden at the same time. 
Once it was gone, the noise from the TV came back. My sister's dog was on her bed whimpering and crying. I got up to cuddle him to make myself and him feel better. He had peed all over the bed. I cleaned him up and the bed. He and I went into the living room and stayed there all night. I refused to sleep in there for the rest of that summer. I left to go back to college. Shortly after I left, that house caught fire when no one was home. The fire department said it was an electrical error. But honestly, I don't know. I'm just glad I never have to go there again. Could we just say that the house catching fire after that experience was just a major coincidence? Sure. Will we? No. Not in this podcast. There is absolutely no explanation for what you saw and felt in that moment. We can easily say that whatever it was didn't have good intentions if your body automatically had a fear response. Luckily and hopefully, no one else will have to go through that in that location again. Amelia brings us our second story about a childhood of experiences, but shares one that stands out the most in their memory. Hi, I'm Amelia. I've been listening to your show for about a week now, and I've decided to share my story. Ever since I was little, I've had a strong connection with the paranormal. I have photographic memory, so it makes it easy to remember these things when I wish I could forget. I vaguely remember when I was two. I saw different entities or spirits, whatever you want to call them. The first was a little girl. I called her Little. She would stand at the top of the stairs and scream, and she would stand in corners and scream. There was also the gray man. He had a bluish, grayish, greenish skin tone to him, though it was mostly gray. He has serious balding with his white hair, and he had fingernails maybe seven or eight inches long, and they curled inward. He would poke my palms and my feet when I was asleep, but when I would wake up, I would only see him for a split second. When I was four, I started to remember things very clearly, so I still remember this like it was yesterday. I was watching Me and My Arrow, a movie from the 70s, even though this was the early 2000s. There was a scene in the movie about a pile of rocks called the Rockman. Since he was so tall, he could point you in any direction of where you need to go. I went to bed after the movie and woke up the next morning, looking to my right out of my window. I lived right next to Beaumont, Texas at the time in some really bad apartments. These apartments were so poor that at some points, random people would just walk into your apartment. But when I woke up that morning, I heard the voice of the rock man saying the first line he said in that movie. I am the rock man. I sat still. I am the rock man. I heard once more in the same tone and I asked, Hello? In a louder, angrier voice, I heard, I am the rock man. I calmly jumped off my bed and went to my accordion door closet. There was no one. I walked out of my room to my mom and told her what I heard. She said, you were probably still half asleep and imagining things. So I thought so, but I was still creeped out. At around noon, I walked back into my room and heard in its original calm tone, I am the rock man. 
I told my mom and again, she just ignored me. I only went back into my room that night to sleep and I haven't heard it since. But ever since that night, I've always got that gut-wrenching feeling that someone's watching me. To this day, I try to calm myself thinking it was another creepy old man in the apartment. But how was his voice the same as the rock man? Why couldn't I see him when I looked in my closet? Okay, so that's super creepy. Definitely creepy to hear in the middle of the night at such a young age. I know our listeners and storytellers come here to feel like they're not alone in their experiences. So to not be believed by a trusted adult must have been so frustrating. Okay, now secondly, how dare you talk about the gray man and little in such a brief manner? If you have any more experiences that you would like to share about those two entities, I'm sure many of us would like to hear about it because they both sound super creepy. The next spooky tale comes from Ganga Devi, who lived in an honest-to-goodness haunted house owned by their grandparents. My grandma is around 75 years of age. She lives alone and prefers being a recluse. The house she lives in has been the subject of discussion for many moons. Creepy stories, supernatural stuff, and that sort of stuff have always been exchanged during family gatherings. My mother and her siblings try to get her out of the house and to move in with one of us many times, but to no avail. She simply likes to be left alone. Same. <laughs> so at this point, I'm around 15 years old. My father never let me or my siblings stay away for longer than a day. We saw our grandma at least once a month because my dad enjoys long drives, but we always returned by nightfall. So my grandma always complained that she never got time with us because all of my other cousins stay with her during summer, mostly because they live nearby and hence have stories about the house. When I actually turned 15, my dad had an epiphany. He says, it will be good for me and my younger siblings to stay with my grandma for a few days. Now the stories we have heard are kind of scary, so my younger sister, who is afraid of the dark, wasn't looking forward to it that much. But I convinced her it was all fake and that if the house was haunted, my grandma wouldn't have been able to live in that place for so long. She's not completely convinced, but she agrees. On the other hand, I was really looking forward to it. I had all the freedom to call my friends at night and nobody would say anything. And when it comes to ghosts, I simply didn't believe they existed. I come from a family of strong theists. I believed in a God who would protect me and that blind belief rendered me oblivious to supernatural demons and whatnot. So my sister and I went to her place. There are three bedrooms in the whole house. One is where my grandma sleeps. It has two beds. One is where my grandpa used to sleep and one is known to be the most haunted room out of all. My grandpa's room had his stuff on the bed, so my choices were to sleep in grandma's room or the haunted room. I picked the haunted one easily. Not because I was brave, but because it was private and I could talk to my friends at night. My sister said she would sleep with my grandma. The first day was fine. I didn't get much sleep that night. In fact, I slept early in the morning because it was impossible for me to sleep in that room for whatever reason. 
Now, the thing about that room is the windows are all wooden, so not even a bit of light would get in, in the morning or in the night. The third day, my sister says she is going to start sleeping with me because my grandma apparently had a creepy habit of walking around the house in the middle of the night. I know, that is a definite red flag. So on the fourth day, the main incident, my sister and I are together in bed. At around two, I hear the pendulum clock ringing through the house. I know my grandma is up because I hear her shuffling outside the room. My sister is asleep beside me. It was pitch dark in the room and I wasn't particularly afraid. I was just randomly thinking about stuff like my teenage drama. I'm facing upwards looking into the dark and one of my hands is hanging out of the bed above my head. Our bed didn't have a headboard but had a wood covering on the top and bottom. I'm in my own head and my train of thought gets broken by something hitting behind my bed like somebody knocked on it once. I freeze and my mind starts racing. I think it was me since my hand is still hanging back. I must have jerked it unconsciously. I stay like that, aware of my hand still hanging back. My sister is still sleeping beside me. A few seconds later, again, a huge knock. This time a bit more loudly and strongly. Now guys, at this point, I'm officially scared. I slowly pull my hands down. It was pitch dark and I couldn't get a single word out of my mouth to call my sister. I pull my hands down, I touch my sister's hand, and I squeeze it. And this is no joke, my sister jerks herself awake, doesn't even ask me what's wrong and starts chanting mantras my dad taught us. I join her and a few seconds later, a lighter knock behind the bed. This time, both of us hear it. We hug each other, too scared to do anything and continue praying. When dawn broke and my grandma was officially awake, we switched on the light and checked the entire room for rats or holes that the rats can come in. Nothing. There was nothing behind the bed or beneath it. My grandma was a clean freak, so there will never be a rat in the house anyways. I go back to bed and fall asleep. We don't say anything to anyone. We called our parents to bring us back, but they weren't home and my dad told us to buck up. We continued to live in that house in that room for a month. In fact, we barely got out of the room. I don't know why. By the end of the month, we got attached to the room and the house. A lot of creepy and scary things followed that week. But dad said to buck up, so we bucked up. We went back home after a month and told my mom about everything that happened. It was after I left that room and that house that I realized I felt lighter doing so. My aunts, after hearing our stories, screamed at my mom for letting us stay there so long. Apparently, my uncle went crazy in that room. He shut off all the vents and made sure no light came in and locked himself in the room for months. My family had to sign him to an asylum. It took years of recovery to get him out of his own head. After that, we never stayed there alone. But with that said, my sister and I stopped being afraid of the house after a whole month. When we go back, there is a sort of welcoming vibe. It's like we made peace with the contents of the house, whatever it was. I will never forget what happened that month. If you want to hear more about what happened, I can do a part two. Thank you.
I mean, it's a good thing you had your sister with you, so you didn't feel alone during that encounter, and you can now corroborate what the rest of your family may have been experiencing. I'm really impressed with you guys. I wouldn't have been able to stay in a clearly haunted house for an entire month. We definitely would be happy to hear more about this house and your experiences if you want to tell us anything more. Honestly, I can't wait to hear it. Today's episode is rounded out by Brizzly Naomi, who may have had a run-in with a mythical being. My boyfriend and I are camping at Fort Pickens Campground in Pensacola, Florida. Last night was a full moon, and around 9.30 or 10 at night, we went for a walk down the beach with our husky to look at the ocean and check out the moonlight. We sat there for maybe an hour and just talked about life in general, but towards the end of the conversation, we started talking about how the ocean can play tricks on you and how strange the energy can be sometimes. We were swapping stories about how we've seen people who we thought might not really be people, and I understand that when you talk about things like this, it puts you in a very specific type of headspace. All night, I tried to justify what happened to us as a trick of our minds and us hyping ourselves up, but we both saw the same thing at the same time, and there's absolutely no way it wasn't real. We started walking back to camp, and it was maybe a quarter mile from the beach down the little boardwalk thing to the main road. Once you get to the main road, you see the entrance to the campsite, and there is a small parking lot there, a stop sign, a picnic table, and a building that looks abandoned and out of business. This building is one story tall and doesn't have any signs out front, and I don't believe the doors and windows are shuttered, but they're definitely not accessible. Like, I wouldn't even be able to press my face against a window and try to peek in there. It's that kind of boarded up. So, I was sitting on this picnic table while Shane was standing and telling me a creepy story about something he saw in the ocean when he was 11 years old. We were there for maybe 10 minutes and talking about his story. I was trying to debunk it and figure it out with him when, all of a sudden, a girl comes walking out of the campsite area towards us, then stops at the building. We were both thinking nothing of it because we had already seen two people walking that night and we knew people were active because it was a full moon and wanted to make the most of the campsite. But this girl walks up to the abandoned building and looks as if she's peering into the window or trying to open the door on the right side of the building. I almost even remember her standing on her tippy toes. She obviously doesn't get in and then decides to walk all the way across the length of the building right in front of us to the left side. This is when I start to get uncomfortable because she doesn't look at us or address us, even though we're loudly standing there talking and the way that she was walking, all I could see was her like side or her back profile and a long brown ponytail. I know this doesn't make sense, but it's like how can somebody walk from right to left in front of you and you don't see the side of their face? All I saw was her hair. It's not like she had her head turned, if that makes sense. So she rounds the corner on the left side of the building and doesn't come out. At this point, I'm actually invested, and I'm grilling the location she went to the whole time, and don't take my eyes off of it. I don't really know how to explain this, but it didn't seem like she walked back behind the building. 
It seemed like she was right there and was waiting for us to do or say something. There is a little ledge on the side of the building that looked maybe three or four inches wide, kind of like a gutter hanging off. And I swear on my life, it's like she went behind this little four-inch ledge and flipped herself sideways and was frozen and just watching us. Shane has this spotlight for hunting that he uses as a flashlight, and he shined it on the little ledge area of the building that she went behind. We kept seeing something low to the ground on the side of the sledge, and it made us think she was just standing there doing something. So Shane shines his light in that direction and screamed, Yo, what's up? Are you good? After this, he kept his spotlight pinned where we thought she would pop out, and after a delayed four or five seconds, we literally saw her spring out of the shadow and leered forward facing right. She had her back hunched over, so she wasn't standing as tall as she normally would. I can't explain how scary it was to be sitting there, watching this whole thing take place. And once we shine the flashlight, have this person's face pop out from the side of the building. It legit would have been less scary if she never came out and we circled the whole building and no one was there. Her movement was incredibly unnatural. No human being would respond with their body language that way after having a flashlight shining on them. It's like she couldn't figure out what to do and she showed herself only because we made her. It was almost as if she was scared of getting caught for doing something wrong, not scared of us. The way she popped out, her face was turned towards us and she had her arms kind of sprawled out, almost like praying mantis arms or something. I know this sounds ridiculous, but there's literally no other way to explain this. The best part about this situation, that neither one of us figured out until we talked about it later, was that neither of us saw a face on this woman. It was just smooth skin or clay-colored, rounded, and with no eyes or facial expression. I want to say that I personally almost saw divots or pits where the eyes should be, but there was nothing substantial there. We were still trying to figure out this encounter, so we weren't super quick to get scared at this point. We thought it was our minds playing tricks on us. This is where the story starts to differentiate a little bit, so bear with me. After she pulls her body back behind the ledge, Shane turns his flashlight off when I asked him to because I felt like it was rude. At this point, she's back behind the ledge and the light is off, and I see her extended body about three feet off the ground, as if she's crouching and reaching out at the same time, like she was going to take an over-exaggerated step and almost tiptoe off like a cartoon character or something. She leaned forward, one step to the right, pulled herself back behind the ledge, stood up straight, and started walking back to the right side of the building in front of us. Shane has his flashlight on her the whole time now, and she says, Oh, I just wanted to change without having to go all the way back. But it's like all the way back where? She literally just came from the campground. She could have changed there if she was heading to the beach. Was she going to swim at 10.30 at night? It just didn't make sense why she needed to change in that specific spot. The strange part is that I specifically heard her talk about changing, and Shane heard her say something about just having to pee. I'm not sure if one or both of us misheard her, or if Shane assumed that's what she was doing because that's what I thought at first too. But as she walked from the left side of the building across to the right and back down the trail towards the campground, she kind of scurried away quickly as if she was embarrassed. 
And the crazy thing is that I didn't see her face the entire time she did this. It was like when she walked across the first time, all I saw was her long brown ponytail. After she slowly walked down the road back towards the campsite, Shane and I were talking about how effed off that whole interaction was and that we needed to go back to our own site. He told me that this person had a short blonde bob or Karen-style haircut. He couldn't believe me when I said that she had a long brown ponytail because he hadn't seen that color anywhere on this person. There's absolutely no way that one of us could have mistaken these two specific haircuts and colors for the other. As we walked back to our campsite, we walked past a handful of dark trees that I, as a female, would definitely have peed or changed behind. This building was so far out of the way, and I would never think to go to the distant right side of it by myself late at night in order to change my clothes. The choices she made just didn't make sense. And trust me, we've spent enough time in the city that if we saw somebody doing stuff like this anywhere else, we would chalk it up to the person being high and probably laugh it off. But this is a random, quiet family campground where everyone is super happy and peaceful. Sure, we tried to justify that maybe it was some drunk chick being sloppy and not knowing what's going on, but even that doesn't hold any weight in comparison to her body movements and that smooth face we saw staring back at us. Nothing about this person's body movements were natural. This is one of those situations that had tears in my eyes and had me shook, but I was incredulous at the same time because I couldn't believe it really happened to me. It's like I almost couldn't even be scared because it already happened, and I just had to sit there and process that I really saw what I did. We talk about NPCs sometimes and joke about people making us uncomfortable and maybe not being real, and we really believe that sometimes we cross paths with angels. But this was something else entirely. This was something that seemed like a lower form or less intelligent than us that was pretending to be a human. I feel like I should add this as a side note, but I am Native American, and I'm super familiar with stories of witches or bad medicine or shapeshifters. And in a lot of our stories, these are humans who are incredibly intelligent and powerful and have this human urge based on jealousy or anger or evil to target individuals and appear as another living form. I'm telling you right now that nothing about this encounter felt like that. This didn't seem like something smarter than us, this didn't seem like something with an emotional intention. It didn't seem quick or cunning or like it wanted something from us. This was the exact opposite end of the spectrum. It seemed like it was mimicking or mocking human movements. I have no idea what its intentions were or why it was here, of all places, or why it presented itself to us that night. But I guess I just have to move forward with the knowledge that this happened. Also, we aren't too sure how much of this plays into it either, but we are coming from New Orleans and we were having really strange experiences there. Not so much with people per se, but with energy, definitely. It felt as if sometimes the streets would shift or change, energy portals would develop, certain places would make us uncomfortable or cause our emotions to be super intense. The graveyard and church we ended up sleeping next to gave us constant nightmares, and made us feel like we couldn't fall asleep. It was as if something was looking in our windows all night. I heard a voice in the same spot one night that foreshadowed our cat getting killed. 
We heard weird animalistic roars coupled with metallic banging and clanging while we were falling asleep. The wind was blowing our curtains violently around on the right side of our bus while the left side curtains were completely untouched. Our blind husky, who usually sleeps all through the night, was sitting up with her ears perked up, staring out the window. It was all just getting too much to bear and we felt like the city was trying to take something from us. We got out of there to go on vacation to this campsite on the beach and aren't sure if we brought something along with us or not. We're trying to piece it all together as best as we can. On another side note, I don't know if this has anything to do with it, but it was still part of our night last night. As we were walking back down the boardwalk towards the main road, we were stopped by an older woman who wanted to talk about our husky and asked Shane where he's from. I was busy trying to keep the dog on the trail and kind of walked a little bit faster and was going to keep continuing, but not in a rude way, just not really wanting to make small talk. She kind of made me stop and turn around, and she asked me where I was from too when I told her New York. We made small talk about van living and whatnot, and she asked our names, and when I said Naomi, she said, Oh, my grandson's name is Naomi. That's the male version of Naomi. And I told her that was really beautiful. I've never heard that before. She told us her name is Pat, and I was like, Wow, that's wild. That's my mom's name, Patricia. And she said, Well, you guys can call me Pat or Patricia and maybe I can come over and check out your bus tomorrow. It looks like you did a really beautiful job. We exchanged pleasantries and wished each other a good night. When Shane and I got to the picnic table, we were just kind of spacing out and talking about how interesting of an interaction that is, and that she had the same name as my mom, and I had the same name as her grandson, how this really beautiful but random coincidence was, and that maybe it wasn't so random after all. Pat had already walked back down to the campground before the woman came by. Okay, well, thank you for scaring the ever-living crap out of me with this story. Everything about it, I definitely was nope, nope, nope while I'm recording this. I am terrified, and thank God I have my lights on in my booth because I usually record with the lights off to keep the mood scary for me. I've heard that Florida is pretty haunted, especially in the northern part of the state, but I never would have imagined something like this and gives me more reason not to go to Florida. I've never been. The first thing I thought about when hearing your story was about the Naparabo, I think that's how you say it, or the faceless ghosts of Japanese mythology. This entity disguises itself as a human and may resemble someone the person experiencing it recognizes, but without a face. The faceless ghost is basically harmless, but its primary goal is to frighten humans. So I would say that the girl you guys witnessed definitely achieved that. And she even scared me. Well, that does it for this episode. If you'd like to submit your own personal spooky tale to be read on the show, head to hauntedpod.com and click on the link to submit your story. You can also email me at hauntedpod at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Twitter at podcast underscore haunted, Instagram at it's haunted what now, or at hauntedpod.com. Production assistance provided by Jesse Hawk. Writing assistance by Sherilyn Reyes. The official composer and audio smith for the show is Neeks at We Talk of Dreams. Check him out on Twitter at We Talk of Dreams or wetalkofdreams.com. Until next time. Did you hear that?